Wilson Baxter. <laughs> Lopez Wilson. I thought I should tell you this time that we're recording the cold open. Is Thank that you. better? Yes, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Is that more direct and easy <laughs> to make it happen? <laughs> I'm being abused here for not talking at him. <laughs> not talking at me, talking to me. Yes. But you are being abused. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sam Baxter. Hello again, Pissy Miles. <laughs> Hello again, for the first time. For the last time. Yes. For the last time. <laughs> I was your mother's, brother's, father's, sister's, cousin's, friend's, former roommate. Um, that is a line from that, right? Yes, it is. I was, I was like, I was like, is that the, the reference we're going for on this one? <laughs> yes, no, we that we were shooting for a Spaceballs reference. Spaceballs. Yeah. That's the actual song, right? I think so. It's like. Da 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 space boss. Yeah, that sounds right. Says something, yeah. I don't remember the song at all. All I remember is the space boss. That's all I got. <laughs> as long as you got something. I, and that's all I've got. Well, hello, kids, and welcome to another mini, mini microsode of my spooky gay family. Uh, I'm almost sad to tell you that this is the last mini, mini microsode that will be available on uh, our, our regular streaming services. Our, after this episode, all of the minisodes are moving to our Patreon, which launched uh, just last week on October yes. 1st. Yes, it's only been up for a week now. Only been or up not, for not one even. week. Not Just barely. Just a couple days. Just a couple days. <laughs> or when we're recording this today. Yeah. <laughs> We're letting we're opening up that curtain one more time to let you know that it is not in fact Monday right now. Um, yes, we did. It, we are recording this on October first. It is uh, Thursday, and we just launched our Patreon today, and it's been very exciting. We already have a bunch of lovely, lovely uh, subscribers and patrons on our Patreon. And we're very excited to be doing stuff. And a big stuff. thank you to all of you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for, for coming along on this little journey with us. Uh, we're very excited to keep it going. And we did our uh, watch along and we did our sleepover in September. And they both were so much fun. I can't even tell you like how what a good time it was for me to get to do it. A, the sleepover was a lot of fun because we got to meet so many of our, our wonderful listeners. And B, the watch along was a lot of fun because it fulfilled my dream to let people watch me talk during a movie. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to doing uh, to doing another watch along this month for our Patreon subscribers and another sleepover with the people in our in our Patreon. So don't forget if you you can join at any time head on over to patreon.com slash my spooky gay family and there are plenty of tears for everybody uh, and that's all of the soliciting I'm going to do in this episode <laughs> and sponsored content and sponsored content exactly although I think we do have more 
uh, things to talk about. It's not like spot. It's not like we're not like selling you things. Uh, but we do have a really fun thing coming up later this month, which I think we're going to be talking about in our in our main episode this week. Just a little shout out to our friend Candice and everyone over at Drew University. But uh, I won't get into it right now. That said, it has been quite a week. We uh, yes, we've been through a, all of the the hoops and and through the ringer and it has been a long long week (laughs) tuesday night itself was like tuesday night itself. tuesday night was three days (laughs) exactly it was a tuesday night was basically the entirety of march (laughs) (laughs) and that's a 2020 march not a regular march yeah just 2020 march but uh we're staying positive we're keeping our heads up and we're uh, chugging along and enjoying ourselves. It is officially October. We are officially in spooky season, even though we've been in spooky season since August. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy your first day of October? Sam? I I did. It was it was a long day. I but... heard. <laughs> I heard that you had quite a day. But uh, I I had a I had a pretty good day. I got to go outside today, which was nice. Uh, I don't do it very often. But I went to I went to see our brother Barb. Yes, <laughs> brother Barb. That's I'm putting him in my phone as brother Barb from now on. He <laughs> uh, makes us sound like we're Mormon. Um, yes, I went to pick up our brother Bob, but I call I call him Barb, so that's why I keep saying brother Barb. Uh, and it was so beautiful. I got to Dad's house, um, and Dad was there, and he uh, he made me go outside and pick figs with him. <laughs> it was kind of a strangely nice fall day. <laughs> there were like leaves on the ground and the air was nice and cool. It makes it sound like our father lives on a fig farm and that he doesn't have just one fig tree growing in the back like every Italian man in New Jersey does. <laughs> and it was it was so bizarre because I was like, I walked in thinking like, okay, I'm just going to pick up Bob and go because we have shit to do today. And dad was like dad was like oh look at the kitchen because dad just had the kitchen redone he was like look at the kitchen look at these counters look at this the stone back the the backsplash and i was like okay it looks great dad i was like you made some really great choices and he was like and look i put a decorative piece in the stone in the splash and i was like it looks very good and he was like everyone says they don't like it and i'm like i just said i liked it <laughs> he was like everyone keeps complaining and i'm like dad i just told you that it looked good why are you like this and then uh nanny came upstairs and we were talking about uh like thanksgiving and plans and stuff for because it's apparently never too early and then de- she said something about figs. I don't remember what it was, but she was talking about how like the apparently the fig trees this year in in the yard were like crazy blooming. There was like all the figs, and Dad was like, "Oh my God, we've had dozens of figs. I gave them to this person and that person and that person." And he was like, "You have to come outside and get some figs." And I was like, "Dad, I re- this was not a social visit. I came over to pick up Bob. That was literally all I came to do. I went inside to throw out my Starbucks cup, and he was like." Why don't you come outside and pick some figs? I was like, okay, Dad, here we go. <laughs> but I had a lovely time. I did enjoy it. Good. What did you do on your, your first day of October? Um, I went to buy firewood for tomorrow because we are doing a fire pit. You are. I was supposed to be there. And unfortunately, I am unable because I fucked up my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> That's basic. It's going to say that on my tombstone. It's going to say, oh, shit, I'm double booked on, <laughs> on my tombstone one day. Uh, 
I am going to be in the Fire Island Pines tomorrow doing a little show. Uh, so uh, not that this will matter once you hear this. It was last Friday. <laughs> but I was supposed to be at your house uh, picking pumpkins and eating pizza and going to a fire pit. And now I'm sad because I'm not. But I'm still going to have fun. Good. It's still going to be good. <laughs> um, all of this is to say... <laughs> That this is a mini, mini microsode of my spooky gay family. And we are on the final episode of Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. Did you like this Volume one? one. Volume one. Yes. <laughs> Chapter two. Did you like this one? I mean, I don't know that I can say I liked it because I think it's just irredeemably sad. Yeah. I mean, but, a lot of them are. <laughs> but it's an interesting story. It is very interesting, and it's it's the kind of cold case that... Because I've said many times, I don't really like cold cases. They kind of frustrate me. But this is the kind of cold case where it's like, okay, we have all the pieces. There's a chance that this could get solved. Resolved in some yeah, way, yeah. exactly. Oh, my God. I had uh, Jersey Mike's for dinner, and I am imploding. For those of you who don't live in New Jersey, it's basically like... A sub shop, a hero shop, a hoagie shop, depending on where you are in the country. <laughs> they sell sandwiches. But I had a, a cheesesteak that was approximately 42 inches long, and now I want to <laughs> die. Um, yes, but this episode is, uh, it is one of those ones where it's, it's really good because it does kind of give you hope that maybe some kind of closure will come about. Although I have to say, <laughs> it feels like all the pieces are there and if they haven't resolved it yet, it's like, what the fuck is going to happen? Um, this is a this is an episode that is, uh, it's called The uh, Missing Witness, right? That's, what, that's uh, the, yes, the title so. of the episode. Um, and it, it, it's a bit, it's a bit crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a little out there. Yeah, there's like it, it almost feels like Hollywood writing. It's like this could never have happened in real life. Um, this is this is the story of a woman named uh, Lena Chapin who uh, mysteriously went missing in 2006 after some really crazy shit happened with her family. She was from the Midwest. I can't remember uh, exactly. It's Missouri. Where. Missouri. Ex oh, and that's why I was like. I remember I've been to Missouri one time and it's one of the only states in the Midwest I've ever actually visited. Um, and having been in Missouri, I was like, and this is not a commentary on the people. It's more commentary on the landscape. It's so vast and open and there's so much kind of rural area and farmland and kind of like wilderness. Like, obviously there are the big cities like Springfield and Kansas City, but in a lot of the other sections of Missouri, which is, I'm sure, where this takes place, there's a lot of kind of forest and wildlife and nature. And so it's not really surprising that something like this could happen there because it, there are so many remote places. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. Um, things like this do seem to... I, like, completely lost the word I was going to say. <laughs> occur? Happen? Um, yeah, occur. Um, we'll go with occur. <laughs> Um, <laughs> things like this do seem to occur more seamlessly, we'll say, in rural mm. communities where there's just fewer people around. 
Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. I think it, it does have to do with kind of the remote quality of, of Missouri. And, and again, it's not to say that people that people in Missouri are more prone to do this. It's just that the area lends itself better to this kind of a crime. And basically what it comes down to is that it, it, the story kind of revolves around uh, Lena's mother, whose name is Sandy. Her name is San. Well, uh, eventually her name is Sandy Klemp, but it doesn't yeah. start that way. No. <laughs> um, and her mother Sandy is kind of a. What What's the best word? I I don't want to say promiscuous because it has such a no a nasty serial monogamist. Yeah, I would. I think that's the best way of putting it because of all the things you could shame Sandy for in this episode, I don't want to be the kind of person who says. You know, she she went from man to man. Like, it doesn't matter. That part is kind of irrelevant. But um, it does kind of play a big part in the story. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sandy is kind of known for getting around with a lot of guys. And, and but not, not in a promiscuous or, or a... Not, not in a... Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Basically what it comes down to... <laughs> Is that Sandy... she doesn't stay happy with one guy for very long? Exactly. She she has a tendency to to want to move on, and so Sandy married this gentleman whose name was uh, Gary Chapin, and yeah. he, he uh, what they were married for several years, but then she ended up kind of. It is worth noting that Gary Chapin is the brother of the guy she was married to previously. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Whose name escapes me. Um, Albert McCullough. My goodness, you have a great memory for names. I I, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember anyone. I'm lucky I remembered Sandy. I was like, the lady who was married to everybody. Um, (laughs) Albert McCullough was her, uh, her, I don't want to say first husband, but... Uh, No, I think the... I think the episode said he was her second husband. Yeah, in the sequence of this particular story, because I believe he is, because she has six daughters, and I believe all six of them come from her first husband. Really? Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that. I, that it's like a detail I just kind of must have missed somewhere along the line. But Albert was her second husband. In terms of the timeline of this story, uh, it this all kind of does take place where Albert is quote unquote the original yeah. husband. We're we never. Ki- it, yeah, we don't hear much about Touch her. Touch on the first husband. Her first husband. Really? But she is married to Albert. She leaves him for his brother, Gary. Mm-hmm. And um, somewhere along the way, <laughs> she meets this uh, this local gentleman who is uh, a bit her junior. He is, he is 21 years old, and his name is Chris Klemp. And they start to have an affair. Then... Um, the the details are a bit shaky what happened next because uh we're kind of going on a lot of hearsay but the story kind of depends on the fact that the tr- that we're to believe that the truth is that Sandy killed Gary yeah. to be with Chris. Yeah. Um and this kind of launches us into the rest of the episode which is essentially that Everyone, Gary kind of went missing and no one knew where he was. And 
they never really found him. No, they never found any remains or him alive. Yeah, he, he supposedly went to pick up some, some farm equipment. Uh, um, fighting roosters, I believe, is the lie that they told. Fighting roosters? Yes. Why did I think it was like a tractor? <laughs> I don't know. No, he, they said he went to buy a chicken. Don't wait more than three days after watching the episode to do a, <laughs> to do a <laughs> podcast about it, kids. Um, he went to pick up a fighting rooster? That's what she said to the police, yes. Her whole life revolves around cock. <laughs> Someone had to make the joke. It's Don't fine. look at me like that. I wasn't even looking at you. <laughs> Everyone at home is like, unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> yes, so she told authorities that he went to pick up <laughs> fighting roosters um, and and he never came home. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> and somehow the investigation ended there. <laughs> I mean, essentially because they couldn't find him, they couldn't <clears throat> really push anything forward. Yeah, there was no... I don't think anyone believed that story. I don't think anyone did either, but it also kind of feels like nobody really tried that hard to disprove it. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to point fingers at anyone or any of the investigators or anything like that. But it's like there had to have been more evidence, and maybe it just wasn't included in the documentary. There had to have been something that suggested that this guy didn't just go missing looking for roosters. <laughs> he didn't go looking for them in the woods with a with a rooster whistle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, essentially, Gary goes missing, and then Lena, who is the oldest daughter, I believe, right? Uh, second oldest. Second oldest. She's somewhere, she's in the top tier. Yeah. Um, Lena starts to kind of act out, and she's kind of falling apart at school, and she's, uh, you know, she's, she's clearly having a hard time. She's disassociating, she's... Um, She's not all there, and she's exp- she's kind of acting out the way you would expect expect a uh, an adolescent or a, a, a young adult to to do when they're dealing with some kind of stress. So eventually, um, Lena goes to Albert, her mm-hmm. her former stepfather. former former stepfather, yes, um, and Sandy's second husband in 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 her life, and also I guess technically her uncle. Because of Gary's... Yeah. Well, but Gary's not her dad. No, step-uncle then? Her... Yeah. <laughs> this, this is so strange. It's a, I, this is turning into, like, a Carrie Fisher. My sister, my daughter. My <laughs> sister, my daughter. <laughs> She's my daughter. She's my sister. She's my sister and my daughter. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what his title would be. I guess former stepfather. Yeah, I guess that works the best. Is probably the uh, the answer. Huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Lena goes to Albert and confides in him that she helped Sandy dispose of Gary's body after Sandy murdered him. And Albert uh, tape recorded tape recorded it. This this confession. He does have a, a tape recording of Lena 
I, I don't want to say confessing. I would say I would call it kind of like confiding in him that she helped to dispose of, of uh, Gary's body. body yeah. And the reason I would say confiding instead of confessing is that especially at a child of that age, it's hard for me to call them complicit. You're so indebted to your parents and so dependent on on your parents. And this happened years earlier as well. It's not like I believe she confided in him at 17 and she was something like 11 or 12 when it happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She might have been older than that, but she wasn't not even approaching what we would consider to have an adult frame of mind. Exactly. Really. She was a very young person and according to the story we hear later about how things went down it definitely sounds like she was coerced and threatened and kind of forced to keep this awful secret about what happened to albert um gary gary excuse me (laughs) no albert is still with us there's too many there's too many father figures uh yes she is she is forced to keep the uh the secret of what happened to gary until she eventually can no longer do it and chooses to go to Albert to tell him. And that is kind of what sets the investigation back in motion. She is set to uh, to testify in a trial against her mother. Um, in a civil case, not a criminal In a civil case, case not criminal, yeah. yeah. She's, uh, who is suing her? Um, the, I guess Gary had had daughters from a previous marriage. Right. The other family is suing. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Lena is testifying. Very shortly before the, this uh, court case comes to pass, Lena drops everything and moves to Florida with a guy no one's ever heard of and disappears. And leaves her son. <laughs> and all of her belongings. And all of her belongings, and she disappears. At least that is what Sandy tells everybody. Yes, happens. Sandy tells everyone that Lena picked up in the middle of the night and left her son and everything she owns to move to Florida to be with a man she met. Yeah. And that's <laughs> that's the story that we're sticking to. <laughs> And somehow, Sandy is still not in prison. Yeah, this is this one kind of made me irrationally angry because I don't it's, it's a little like I wouldn't even call it irrational. <laughs> that's fair. Um, <laughs> it's really just, especially considering the fact that Sandy lost that civil suit. It was a wrongful death suit, mm-hmm. which means essentially. A jury found her and this guy, Chris Klemp, liable for the wrongful death of Gary Chapin. Yeah, they were criminally liable. Well, civilly liable. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, technically civilly. Yes, there's, <laughs> there, there's never been a criminal trial. But with the knowledge that <clears throat> she's pulled off something like this before and came up with a ridiculous lie as to where someone was, like, and you've never found a body... Like, it doesn't seem like it takes a huge leap of logic to assume that something bad happened to Lena. Not at all. It it It's actually kind of strange that, again, it's like there are no bodily remains, but this story is being told well enough by the people around 
that people know what happened to Lena. Yeah, we have two of her sisters on this show basically saying our mother killed our sister and we want to prove it. Yeah. That's the whole point of this episode. The whole point of this episode is that Lena was... was I'm not even going to say allegedly and the hamster is frowning at me. Yeah, but... but yeah. <laughs> Quote unquote allegedly. Even the hamster is here saying if it weren't for habeas corpus, this bitch would be in jail. Exactly. <laughs> and And Sandy killed Lena and disposed of her body somewhere. Now... There is kind of a a minor search. I shouldn't say minor. In in the terms of this episode, it is minor. But I'm sure in person it was actually quite extensive. For Lena's remains, that kind of came up empty-handed. It it was it, it came up short, yeah. and uh, her remains still to this day have not been found. However, uh, it is assumed that her remains are somewhere on the former property that was owned. By Sandy and Chris. Well, I, I I don't think they owned it. I actually think they were renting. Is that right? I'm not sure. They didn't make it clear, I don't think. The only reason I say that is that some of the information I got on, uh, on, on this episode, this is from, uh, and who knows how reliable this is, it's from a website called CheatSheet.com. And uh, it, it was, I was reading an article basically before this, before we started recording, that there's apparently even more information that it, that is known about this case than was even released on the unsolved ep- unsolved mysteries episode which is to say that there there's things like blood evidence that kind of have been undisclosed <clears throat> okay. excuse me and the way it is phrased in this article is very odd but again this is not a news Source. This is a random website that I I I think we should probably take with a, a kind of a grain of salt. Um, there are there are other sources. There is someone on Reddit who was claiming to be a family member mm-hmm. from from the Chapin slash uh, Klemp family who is insisting that there were more incriminating details about Sandy, one of them being that there was blood stains on the carpet of the apartment that they were renting and that there were blood stains on the floorboards of the building. Oh, shit. However, they they have insinuated that the building burned down since then. Hmm. Um, however, I don't remember that being a part of the story in Unsolved Mysteries, I actually thought no, I remembered them it. visiting the former home where everything was alleged to have taken place. They visited two properties, neither of which was an apartment building. Which is why it was very confusing to me. And, and it kind of sounds a bit like this may not be cre- credible evidence. Yeah. But they are alleging that there was blood evidence and that <laughs> they said that the landlord of the building said it looked like a dog had been chopped up. And so he replaced it um, and didn't contact the police. Awesome. Again, not super reliable information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of strange, if I'm being honest. I can't imagine even even the most lax landlord coming in and finding, ex- finding extensive blood patterns on the on the floor 
and not reporting that to authorities. Yeah, that would seem sort of be a cover your own ass kind of move to to say something. Yeah, it kind of sounds strange. <clears throat> and if I'm being honest, I don't know how much of it I believe just because of its absurdity. But I may be misunderstanding this or maybe this is kind of third or fourth hand information that has been kind of run through the telephone. That said, it's it's all very odd. Now, Lena, Lena, there is a story of Lena, apparently, after she visited Albert, um, having kind of a run-in with her mother and Chris uh, out in the woods. I wouldn't call it a run-in. It was... Well, they... I thought that was the other daughter. Are you sure? If you're talking about the story that... I think you're talking about then yeah no that was one of the other girls oh well I'll let you tell it then <laughs> I, I misunderstood no it. I she, she it got in, she got in a fight with her mother and um, essentially her mother told her to get in the truck her and this guy Chris drove her out into the middle of nowhere Chris pointed a gun at her mm -hmm. and the only reason he didn't shoot her was because she crawled into the truck with her mother and begged her mother not to let her, him hurt her <laughs> and Sandy relented <laughs> <laughs> What a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> like, bare bones, if you believe that story, like, Sandy is a piece of shit. Yeah. And Chris Klemp is a piece of shit. And I don't Garbage. care saying it. Allegedly. <laughs> that was a very half-hearted allegedly. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Allegedly. Um, but I don't blame you because I don't believe it's alleged at all. <laughs> no, because I believe... The daughter. The daughter when she says this. Isn't it happened. weird how all the children kind of have the same recollection of what happened and uh, somehow we're supposed to believe that this is legend? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say basically this daughter was uh, coerced into not telling anyone that she knew that Lena had been murdered by her mother. And Well, no, we were still talking about Gary at that point. Leno hadn't disappeared yet. I'm. I really should have reviewed this before I, <laughs> okay. before I started talking about it. So the is this the daughter that saw the the shooting? No, Lena, Lena saw, Lena it saw from the her bedroom. Lena saw the shooting as as far as we're led to believe by this episode. Lena saw the shooting and helped with the disposal of the body. Mm -hmm. I believe it's Brandy is the daughter who, who told that story. The other name. Um, who is the oldest? Um, insinuated to her mother at some point that she knew that she had killed Gary mm -hmm. and that's when this whole thing happened. Gotcha. But Lena hadn't disappeared yet. And Lena doesn't disappear for some time after that. No, she doesn't disappear until 2006, which 2006. is 10 years after they killed Gary. Which is... Allegedly. Insane to me because... Lena was about to turn, I believe it was 18, when she disappeared, right? No, she was older than that. 21? It was something like... It was like her reasonably early Yeah, she was, life. She, she was somewhere <clears throat> in the early 20s range, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so you have to think, when all of this happened, she was probably 11, 12 yeah. years old. And I can't... 
I can't imagine a world in which someone hears this story and doesn't immediately just like put this woman in handcuffs. Could you imagine finding out that your 10 to 13 year old child was involved in having to cover up your murder? <laughs> like that, that is, that to me is just insane. I can't even imagine a world where that is acceptable. I mean, it's not acceptable. I think the problem is, again, there's nobody. I don't know. It's just so strange to me because we've heard other criminal cases where people have gone to jail without remains. When there's a lot of other physical evidence. If there isn't a lot of other physical evidence showing that a crime has been committed, it's very, very difficult to even bring charges against someone without a body. But could do you think that this woman is talented enough to have disposed of two bodies meticulously enough that there was no physical evidence? I have to be honest with you. I was a little thrown by the story that Lena told about how they did it. Um, just because she said that they burned him. Mm-hmm. And burning, that would be next to impossible. It's not that it's next to impossible, but it would take a long time. And mm-hmm. you would need a really, really hot fire to yeah. do that. Like, even in a crematorium, it takes a couple hours for a body to burn mm-hmm. down to ash. So, like, I'm having a hard time figuring out how they pulled it off. And that's kind of the problem I'm having with it. There were no remains found. And and like we said, none. Like, yeah. absolutely none. And even in a crematorium, and I, I know that this is graphic, and I apologize to any of our listeners. You can skip ahead, of, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. Even in a crematorium, not all of the remains are burned down all the way. No, you're, you you're, still have bone chips. There and, are going to be chips like and that. fragments and yeah. things like that that will exist after after the burning i can't imagine that this woman who is quote unquote uh, completely inexperienced at this would be able to fully dispose of the body that way which leads me to believe that the remains do have to be somewhere at least some of them at least some of them have to be somewhere either on her property or in the wilderness around it because when when we are shown the the property and this is almost 20 years later mm-hmm. There is very clearly a lot of like woods and forestation around the the property. I don't think it's that far fetched to believe that the remains are somewhere out there in the wilderness. No, I don't think that's that far fetched. I think that that's pretty logical to. I'm sorry. I just had like a total. <laughs> <laughs> you had a brain fart. Yeah. No, I don't know what's going on with me today. Um, <laughs> No, but I, I think it's perfectly logical to assume that, you know, Gary is somewhere out there and Lena, if her mother killed her, is somewhere somewhere in the woods. And I think we can safely say that her mother killed her. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Um, yes, I, I, I believe personally, because at the end of the episode, we obviously have the sisters with um, investigators doing kind of a, a radar um investigation in the ground looking for it's it's a, a ground penetrating radar that uh sort of similar to the beginning of Jurassic Park if you're not yeah <laughs> very similar to the beginning of Jurassic Park uh and if only they'd found the chickens um 
that made more sense in my head because <laughs> velociraptors are, are so closely related to chickens. Um, I uh, the, Obviously, no results were found in the specific place that they were allowed to study on this property. But it seems almost like you're looking for a needle in a haystack at this point. A, it was 20 years ago. B, we don't know how many objects there may be to find yeah or, like we don't we don't know the quality or quantity of of the remains that are that could be found and there's nothing to suggest that the remains would even be on the property because if the daughter uh, uh brandy mm-hmm. is correct in saying that she was brought out into the woods to be shot there's nothing to say that the same didn't happen to lena and she did not she was not as fortunate as Brandy was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I personally believe that, that her, that Lena's remains are not on the property. I think they're probably in, in the wilderness somewhere surrounding the home. And uh, I think it would be a really, really long shot to say that we'll one day find them, which is why I hope that investigators will not, kind of close the chapter on this this study and that they will they will continue to investigate it and look for other either physical or or corroborative evidence to to put this woman in this woman in prison because i i just can't imagine that this woman should be allowed to live out her her days in freedom <laughs> with her daughter's son she has custody of her daughter's son she has custody of way. lena's son yeah just fyi and the other daughters have been unable to attain custody of that child, which is yeah. insane to me. It's really, truly crazy to me that she's allowed to raise that child because she is clearly a danger to to him and to all of the people around her. If nothing else, like, the civil trial happened. The civil trial happened and they were found liable. Wouldn't you think that that would be perfect grounds for a custody hearing? Yeah. Like... <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't happened, but I haven't heard anything in any of the research I've done after watching this to suggest that there was any kind of custody hearing. Yeah, no, it's bizarre to me that she still got this kid. I, I, I yeah, it's it's actually kind of insane. I, I don't understand how she was allowed to continue to hold on to this child and to to care for him, but I guess that's I guess that's just where we are in 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 the world right now <laughs> i hate to say something like that but uh it does kind of suck yeah none so not a happy sucks. ending on this one kids <laughs> yeah no i mean to be fair none of these have really had happy endings that's yeah. kind of the point unfortunately you know what's so strange to me we kind of discussed this last week when we were talking about the aliens <laughs> but um you know the lighthearted uh, episode the yeah. lighthearted episode uh you know for some reason there are six episodes here one is the alien episode so let's cut it down to five in those five episodes they're all kind of dealing with criminal violence and kind of uh someone's demise or or disappearance i don't know what it is about um alonzo brooks and lena chapin that kind of is so much more heavy to me, especially because you look at someone like 
um, the the French dude, Le Chateau Verrouillard, and he's, uh, you know, a very sad story. Obviously, like he he killed his whole family, yeah, including very young children, and. For some reason, I don't know if it's just the way the story was told. It didn't strike me the same way that this episode did or the one about Alonzo Brooks. There's just this kind of like really heavy feeling about it and I can't explain it. I think some of it is because in that instance, we know what happened. Like we know what happened to those poor kids. We know who did it. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. They say allegedly, but we know who fucking did it. <laughs> like, yeah, but, like I, I doubt he's here in America working for the DEA. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But like, I think that with Alonzo Brooks, and then again now here, even though with Lena, we're pretty sure we know who did it mm-hmm. and probably how. Like, it just feels like there is no justice coming Mm. like with the french guy if you catch him that's all you have to do is you just have to catch him yeah like with these two it's there's a huge investigation that you have to prove there was a crime yeah exactly and then you have to figure and then you have to be able to hold the person who did it accountable and it just doesn't seem likely that that's going to happen almost not at all to me And that, I think, is the most difficult part of this episode to come to terms with, is that despite the overwhelming evidence to the average viewer, legally and criminally, there is not enough to put this woman in prison. And it's like, my God, you can see the man standing behind the bushes but you can't tell anyone he's there. <laughs> That's kind of how it feels. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's I like know. you can see him standing out there waving his, his butcher knife at you. But uh, but nobody believes you. <laughs> uh, and there's not enough. There's, you know, you can't see his face. So you can't prove he's there. It's kind of how it feels. Um, yeah. So sorry this episode is so dark and, and kind of twisted and sad but i mean that's kind of the way it 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 plays just watching it it's really kind of a sad episode to end the season on it's a good episode because i think it's well told and i think that it deserves to be told it deserves to have this story kind of continue to be investigated but it's a difficult one to end the season on because it's so heavy and so kind of frustrating. Yeah, no, this one's kind of a bummer. It's definitely <laughs> a bummer. Uh, which is as good a time as any to say. <laughs> <laughs> the next bummer is that if you'd like to hear more stories like this, you're definitely going to have to uh, subscribe to the Patreon, unfortunately. Uh, or fortunately, if you're me or Sam. Um <laughs> We are, after this episode, going to be moving all of the minisodes uh, from here on out to the Patreon. But all of the minisodes we've published already will still be available for listening on all of your major listening sources, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts. And and the main episodes aren't going anywhere. They're staying Main exactly episodes are going to remain completely free to you. You, you do not have to 
uh, worry about us taking them away. <laughs> they will be absolutely still available every week, every Thursday, uh, right here, wherever you're listening right now. Um, so I hope you guys uh, in- enjoyed this conversation. Um, it, it certainly is pretty heavy, but if there's something we missed or if there's something uh, you kind of wanted to talk about, please let us know. We're always happy to hear it. Uh, best way to reach us is on Twitter, Spooky Gay Fam or my spooky gay family. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, my spooky gay family on Facebook, my spooky gay family, or send in your comments, questions, or concerns to spooky gay fam at gmail.com. And, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope we'll see you at one of our sleepovers or watch alongs in the, in the future. And, uh, that's it for us for today, but until and, next um next episodes <laughs> we're also going to be starting the haunting of bly manor which is very very exciting we have the new uh the new series on netflix that is coming out uh it is the se- not sequel it is the second season follow up we'll follow say. up yeah it's kind of like an american horror story situation where it's like well how do you talk cuz american horror story at least it has like that general name and then there's different titles for every season but um, this is kind of the follow-up to uh, The Haunting of Hill House. We are getting The Haunting of Blind Manor, and uh, I'm very excited about it. It is Mike Flanagan again. Uh, and I know that we have a couple of repeat actors. I know that some of the actors from The Haunting of Hill House will be appearing in The Haunting of Blind Manor. Yes, including Kate Siegel and Victoria <laughs> Pedretti. Victoria Pedretti is uh, Nell. Nell, right? Yes. yes. Kate Siegel um, is Theo, and um, I can't forgive me. I can't remember his name, but the actor who played Luke is also coming back. Really? Yes. Oh, I liked him. I liked him too. I thought good he did for a good him. Job. Poor everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Hey, did you hear from Mike?" And and they're like, "Oh, um, Tom Hutton is also coming back. Young that- Young Hugh." The kid who played oh. it, the guy who played Elliot in E.T. Oh, okay. All right. You know what's funny? I had no idea that he played Elliot in E.T. until somebody pointed it out to me, and I was like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, like, I didn't see it until that very moment, and I was like, wow, huh. Never going to be able to look at that guy the same again. <laughs> All right, kids, uh, we're looking forward to discussing The Haunting of Bly Manor with you. And uh, I hope you are enjoying our our 13 weeks of Halloween. I know I didn't mention it at the top of the episode, but I believe this is week nine. We are we are uh, going really through right now. Down now. I know it's really kind of making me sad that it feels like the 13 weeks of Halloween went so fucking fast. And I was like why could this not have happened to the other months that were so fucking terrible? We, we always go through fall so fast and I think it's just because we're enjoying it so much, but I really have enjoyed it. And uh, I hope you guys are enjoying the ninth week of the 13 weeks of Halloween. We have a really, really great episode coming for you on Thursday about one of our favorite Halloween movies. And by the way, this never came up in our discussion of good Halloween movies in any of the episodes we've done so far. And I can't believe we never thought of it because it is a movie that has been a staple of our family kind of viewing traditions for like 20 years, (laughs) (laughs) probably closer to 30. Um, And so we're going to be discussing it with you on Thursday. So until then, stay spoopy and remember.
It was middle of the night. It was really dark. All of a sudden, we stop in the middle of the road, and Chris gets out. I look over to my right-hand side, and there's a gun facing at my head. It was the scariest moment I've ever had in my life. And I jump over the bed. All of a sudden, I find myself looking at my mom. She can see me screaming, and she never even looked at me. She looked straight ahead like she was dead to the world. That was so hard because I didn't know what to do. If I ran, she would have, they would have killed me. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from Unsolved Mysteries, distributed by Netflix 2020. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Music